0: Take 22. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on. Help us out. this episode of geek out loud it's a geek out loud big honkin show mashup oh we're going to have some fun we're going to talk some force awakens with your calls right here tonight on this your safe place to geek out with an audio cup of coffee it's the geek out loud big honkin show The Big Honkin Show slash Geek Out Loud is live at Mixer.com slash Goldiverse with the Mixler Zoo crew rocking and rolling into the night. It's a Friday night. We're not even going to bore those of you who have downloaded the podcast to listen with all of our audio technical difficulties that we've been having. Instead, I'm just going to say I'm Steve Glosson. So glad to have you along with us. And for those of you who are wondering, what in the world is the Big Honkin Show? Everyone, this is everyone is this is their first some every podcast. Is someone's first podcast. That's what I was trying to say, ladies and gentlemen. And so The Big Honkin' Show is a show that I used to do on local radio early on with my good friend Buck. He would co-host every week. And then later daily with myself, just me, you know, just me sitting in a studio. Uh, And out of that, all of the live stuff that we do has been born. And, And it was just always fun. It's your typical, you know, morning radio fair. And it turned into nighttime internet fair. And we just have a good time so we're going to be doing a little bit of big honking show action we're going to be doing some geek out loud action all to have some fun while we talk primarily about the force awakens we you've heard me talk about it you've heard Teresa talk about it from disney vault talk you've heard eric on here with me talking about it you've heard scott rifen and for those of you who could not get the scott rifen episode to play go back and re-download it now uh i think all of those issues are fixed so we should be good to go on that one um But you've heard us talk about it. So it's time to hear from you guys. It's time to hear from you, the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. And man, we've got a full mailbag. But not only mailbag-wise, we're going to hear from you on the phones tonight. For those of you who are listening live, you can give us a call at 912-386-4294. Or if you have Skype, hit me up on Skype later on when we ask for your calls. We're going to do a couple of segments of call-ins tonight. So uh, be ready. Have your have your fingers on the old dial pad, ready to call in here to the Big Honkin' Show, currently 53 degrees at the station. Uh, 13 minutes past the top of the hour. Big Steve along with you, man. We're excited about the show. Have we got a show for you? Um, I want to say a special thank you to Justin Seeley. Justin, uh, a while back... <clears throat> reached out to me on the Twitter where you can follow him at uh at Justin Seely. That's S-E-E-L-E-Y. Follow Justin. He uh he got in touch with me and was showing me some custom uh action figure card backs he'd made to look like vintage style cards with the Force Awakens characters. And um and he was kind enough to send me a card with a bubble on it with Ray in it, and I was just totally blown away by his work. She is hanging on my wall with the rest of my vintage collection figures, and looks great. Fits right in. The dimensions are right. On the back is is a classic look at like uh, all the different figures that were available in her wave and a few uh, in a wave or two beyond. Um, but then uh, because I loved it so much, I was talking to one of my friends about it, and my birthday's coming up here. In about two weeks, on January 25th, and um, and my friend actually did some sneaky reaching out to Justin to have another one made, and he made for me a custom FN-2187 card. So it's Finn, and he put Finn in the Stormtrooper uh, uniform, and it looks great, and it's on a bubble on a card. It's going to be hanging with my vintage collection figures as well. And, and so she paid him for that to... Uh, to make that for me for my birthday, and and that was really great. But he also stuck in another special gift uh, for me for my birthday, which was a vintage, or well, not a vintage style, but a custom-made Rebels card, about the size of a vintage style card, of Ezra Bridger. And it looks fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. It looks absolutely amazing. So I want to give Justin a huge shout-out here on the podcast for helping 2 weeks out now uh, helping make my birthday already a great birthday this year and I want to give him I want to give him a plug man check out justinseely.com s e e l e y.com uh, he's got a podcast network of his own called brainiac.fm and that's brainiac with a k at the end of brainiac instead of a c brainiac.fm he's got uh, he's got some tech shows all things apple geek fit uh, the Graph, Interviewed, uh, so all kinds of good stuff. Movie of the Month, Pixel Pundit, Self-Hosted. These are different shows that he does, so check out com and uh, give him some love from the GolaVerse because he's shown at least the host of the GolaVerse some love, and we really, really appreciate it. Um I really appreciate him, and I appreciate what he did. In fact, so much so, like, I was so into what he did, like, I asked him for basically a catalog because I want to buy some more of these cards and card bubbles from him, and I'm going to get him to show me how to attach a bubble properly, and I'm going to actually do a line, a small line of Force Awakens figures for myself on these vintage cards because I think they look fantastic. So, uh, just want to give a big shout-out to Justin Seeley. Speaking of my birthday, January 25th, send cards or gifts as appropriate. If you really want to help me have a happy birthday, then join us on Saturday, January 23rd, for the big GolaVerse Marathon, where we're teaming up with Cure at CureChildhoodCancer.org. Last year, we raised over $1,600 for Cure. This year, we're trying to double what our goal was last year was $1,500. This year, we're we're hoping to hit double that goal. We're hoping to hit a goal of $3,000. None of this goes into the GolaVerse. There's a whole separate page set up. Uh, for giving uh, to Cure, everything's going to go right to Cure. They're nonprofit. You'll uh, all of your information and stuff will go to them. Along with uh, so, since they're nonprofit, you know your tax exempt stuff should come to you and that sort of thing. So, uh, CureChildhoodCancer.org, dot You can go find out about them there. We're doing that. We're doing that marathon here on January twenty third. We'll start. Uh, our official start will be ten a.m. with the big honkin' show, and then we're going to roll on all day long with geek out loud rock out loud mark out loud disney vault talk maybe a little rebel yell sometimes we throw a steve star wars corn in there i'm going to try to get Harris to pass some corn with me all kinds of stuff uh are going is going to be going on that day it's going to be a fun day and we'll close out the night as we always do on these marathons with another big honking show and taking your calls having some good times so uh, tune in January 23rd we will be live all day at mixercom slash goliverse so uh, there you go uh, check it out also um, I I want to give Erish surernaweis my brother from another mother a big shout out today I came home today from a, with a package uh, to a package from Arish, uh that included some comics from his brother-in-law um, uh, his brother-in-law has a comic has some Erish help me out. you know what? I'm gonna get erish to call in later, but I want to get him to help me out with that. And they look really cool. So um so yeah, man. Erish Arish picks on me about how kind of people are to me, but then he just feeds it. He just he does the same thing and turns around and feeds the whole thing. So um so I Erish I now call shenanigans and uh you can no longer uh have fun at my expense based on the kindness of the greatest podcast listening o- audience in the universe. So um that's what we got. Uh I also before we get too deep into before we get into the email situation here um I have for whatever reason I blame Teresa Delgado. I blame the top Star Wars card trader app uh, but I have gotten back into Star Wars trading cards in a big bad way. Um, I pulled out all of my old cards and I had a full set of the first set of the Star Wars Galaxy, the first Star Wars Galaxy uh from tops back in '93. Had a full set of those. I had I have almost a full set of the second series of that. And those are some great cards. Just do a search for top Star Wars Galaxy, and some of the art that's on these cards is just amazing. But they also do something really neat in as much as they have like old promotional posters on some of these cards and different um different pieces of uh art from books and that sort of thing. Really cool card set. So um so I, I I've gotten Lord, I've bought like three binders. I've bought more card pages than I've ever bought since I was collecting baseball cards back in the nineties. And have started to get these things organized. I have accumulated uh, a full set of the Series 1 Return of the Jedi cards. Still need a sticker or two to really round out that set. Um, I'm working on my Empire Strikes Back Series 1. I've got a whole bunch of Empire Strikes Back cards, but they're beaten to all heck because I carried them around as a child, and every single one of them have my name on the back. Uh, so I've had to start refinding some of those in better shape. Um I uh, have I have almost the entire journey of the Force Awakens set and almost the of the base cards the of the of your basic color cards and the variants of the Force Awakens series 1 set from Top. So I've just it's ridiculous that I've gotten into collecting these things again but it's so fun to open packs of cards guys. It's I mean like this is this was my gateway into Knowing Star Wars characters and everything were those Empire Strikes Back trading cards from Tops back in the early '80s. I mean, I, I I literally had a tackle box, a blue tackle box. I'd carry those things around with, and with me everywhere I went, and would just always look through them. and In the, the first like ten or twelve cards were uh, Star file cards, with each one had a, had a different of the main characters. But then, as you flip through, that's where you learn names. That and the action figures are where you learn names like. Um, uh IG eighty-eight, Bosk, Dengar, you know, all these different little side characters and everything you'd read about on these cards and you'd find out about them. And then of course you'd buy the action figures, and so you'd you'd learn their names that way as well. But it was just, and you'd see things on those cards that you did not see in the movie, you know, different steel shots and different angles of different, you know, camera shots and that sort of thing. So I always loved them, and my fire for that has just been reignited. So that anyone, I might go anywhere now, I'm, I'm looking. And I just want to say to Walmart in these areas, to all the Walmarts in my area, because I, all we have is Walmart. Man, start carrying... I know that Yu-Gi-Oh! is big for you, and Magic the Gathering is still a thing. Start carrying some Star Wars trading cards. Come on, guys. Hook a brother up. Help me out. Uh, Amazon has been where I've gotten most of my cards from. You can buy them by the pack. You can buy them by the box at Amazon. And so, and Amazon has been a big, uh, problem for me as far as my collecting bug goes, because it's always easy just to click and order stuff off Amazon. Um, and, uh, speaking of Amazon, let me just go ahead because I haven't done so yet. You do your shopping at Amazon. Oh, we'll click on to geek out podcast or geek dot before you go to Amazon and use the Amazon links and use those to shop. It helps out the shows tremendously. But man, I'm telling you, the the and and uh, the the new cards look different. There's a different feel to them, of course. But those Journey to the Force Awakens cards were really cool because they were old school cardboard cards. Um, the Force Awakens cards are pretty cool. They're more art than photos. Uh, once you get into the story section, and unfortunately, Tops had to do a thing where basically the whole set ends at Chewy. We're home, and. And so series two is going to be from Chewie We're Home till the end of the movie. Uh, and I guess they did that to kind of keep things under wrap and to keep, you know, secrets and that sort of stuff. But it's just kind of uh, not fun. It's not nice. Uh, so I, you know, look, it's it's part of my my ongoing addiction to this stuff. But for those of you who doubt my love for Star Wars and for those of you who, based on... My criticisms of The Force Awakens, Doubt My Love for Star Wars, let me just assure you, it is firmly intact. And as I get used to the visuals of this movie, I'm loving this movie more and more, and I'm finding myself in a defensive position for this movie. Uh, it's it's a weird kind of multiple personality disorder thing I've got going on because I don't want anyone talking bad about it. Uh, and, and I'd rather... Um, I'd I'd rather have us discuss it than people start to bash it, and I don't like the people. I don't know that it's like this. There's this weird dichotomy amongst Star Wars fans these days, where and I don't even know if it's Star Wars fans. I've just seen a lot of can I use the term asinine articles about you know people want Lucas back now and all the and I don't know that that's the case. Because there's two schools of thought. One is that, oh, I'd love to see what George Lucas would do with it, and then the other is, oh, this is so much better than the prequels. And both of those, I'm like, well, come on now, let's uh, let's chill out, let's let's be nice, and uh, let's all just um, enjoy ourselves and, and enjoy what we've got. But it is interesting. It's an interesting take on. On fandom to to see all these different reactions out there, even as this movie continues to break box office records. It's it's kind of a fascinating thing. So that's uh but I just want to love for the wars is is firmly intact, it's not going anywhere. And man, you guys love the wars as well. How do I know? Because the mailbox is full.
1: Hey, oh, yeah.
0: We've got, I've got so, so very much going on here with, um, gee whiz, with all the stuff that's going on. Uh, I'm going to try to stick to the emails that just have to do with Force Awakens this time around. So we'll start with the very first episode seven email I got on December 18th, 2015 release day. It was from Jim Dossie. Uh, The subject line is VII. That's Roman numeral seven, seven for all the uninitiated. And he says, awesome. That was it. That was all he said. Uh, (laughs) uh, Lonnie says, hey, Steve, when is your marathon with Star Wars spoiler filled discussion episode coming out? It's been three days and I've been waiting for your thoughts. Now, at this point, I was on the road back from Texas uh, to Hazelhurst. He says, I hope you can touch on one is Ray Luke's son. No, she may be his daughter though. The Luke spoken dialogue in the trailer where he states the force runs in his family and then states that it's strong with you to me is inferring that she is Luke's daughter. Not is not in the movie. Your thoughts. Well, the dialogue that he spoke was actually chopped up from return of the Jedi. That's when he was speaking to Leah there in the Ewok village. And so they were just repurposing that for the purpose of that trailer. Um, what was Han and Chewie doing? What were Han and Chewie doing just floating in space when Ray and Finn steal the Falcon and they run into each other? Well, Han was going... He did. He went back to what he did best. He was smuggling. And everyone's like, and he wasn't a very good smugglers, it was. Han was one of the best smugglers in the galaxy. He had those Rathtars. No one else could get Rathtars. The problem is, all everything went to pot in that scene and, and they got away from him. Uh, what we know of Han smuggling in Episode 4 is he'd been boarded and he had to dump his shipment of spice that he was hauling for Jabba because even he, he says, even I get boarded. Sometimes do you think I had a choice? And the idea is that he found himself in a, in kind of a bad situation where he had to get rid of his load or, uh, the, the Imperials were going to nail him to the wall, do their thing, do their stuff, take him out, take him down. And, um, and so I don't think he was a bad smuggler. I think he really was good at it. Um, and that's what he went back to doing. So, He got that freighter. He was doing this. And somewhere in there, the Falcon got stolen from him or he lost it or something. Um, Number three says, why in the world does the order build a third Death Star? You know, I said it in my song. I hope they don't build a third Death Star. I was kind of disappointed in the super weapon aspect of things, but. This is something different. This is something in their eyes was bigger and worse. It was taking out systems of planets rather than just a planet. Now, what's been interesting in the interim of this movie being released and this show tonight, in the chat, the Mixer Zoo crew at Mixer.com slash and Daniel and Indy also uh, sent this to me, was this idea. The Death Star could take out Starkiller Base. Think about it, kids. Does J.J. Abrams realize he just pretty much remade A New Hope? No, that's not what happened at all. And people who say that's what it is don't get it. And also, guys, this is not a reboot. This is not a Star Wars reboot. This is a Star Wars sequel. I'm really tired of reading articles where people refer to this as a reboot. Because the only reason they're doing that is because Abrams rebooted Star Trek. And so they're saying, well, you know, Abrams does these reboots. It's not a reboot. It is a sequel. If it were a reboot, we'd be getting Episode 4 made all over again with new actors taking the roles of the people that we know and love. This is a sequel. Where these actors continue where these stories for these characters continue on into the future and were introduced to new characters in this timeline, in the storyline. So uh, I don't think he remade a new hope. I think that he, in his way, did what Lucas did some in the prequels, where Lucas would do foreshadowings/ slash callbacks. And the reason being is because they're like musical notes in a song, or or a chorus in a song, or a poem, where things rhyme and things, you know, feel familiar, but they're different because they're all part of the same song. And that's what Abrams was doing here. Um, it's it's not it's not a remake. Um, there's a lot of elements that come from both A New Hope and Empire. But it's it's not a remake. And and so when people say that I feel like they're speaking out of turn, not quite not quite getting it. So I don't think Abrams thinks he remade it, and I think that people who say he did, Lonnie, are are not really given enough weight to the storytelling and the importance of things echoing through this mythology of of Star Wars in the way that it does. Um Our good friend Jimmy in Georgia, who's now on the road to Missouri right now as we record this, says, My wife and I saw the 8 p.m. showing of The Force Awakens on the IMAX on the 17th. This was a great way to see the film. This is from uh, the 22nd of December. Upon first viewing, I thought there were some great performances, especially from Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Harrison Ford. BB-8 was awesome in every scene. I thought it was a fun movie with great action and humor, but I was a little disappointed with the story leaning so heavily on A New Hope. I did like the movie better upon a second viewing in IMAX a couple of days later. I guess the biggest mystery is Rey. I have two theories. I know everyone thinks she's the daughter of Luke Skywalker. Why would our heroic Jedi abandon his daughter? Why wouldn't Han, Leia, Ben, or the others know about her if if Luke is the father? I think a better question is why was she taken from her family? Was she being hidden on Jakku, much like Luke was hidden on Tatooine? If we continue to follow the logic of the original trilogy, my first theory... And she was being hidden from her evil father, Supreme Leader Snoke, and he believes her to be dead. My second theory came yesterday while well, I was thinking about it, and another curveball they could throw at us <coughs> is to follow up the setup of the prequels, and she has no father. Instead, she's a creation of the Force, restore balance once again. Thanks, Jimmy. I don't think we're going to run into that situation. I don't think we're going to run into the latter situation. The balance of the Force, I believe, has been restored. Um... And even though in the beginning of this film, uh, Max von von Sydow's character says, without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the Force. Um, I I, I don't think the Force is out of whack. And I, I think that the whole point of Anakin doing what he did with the Emperor and taking out the Sith, freed the Force from the grip of darkness and freed the living Force to balance out with what Lucas called the Cosmic Force. George Lucas talked about this somewhere, and it's a really interesting take on these things. It's not a yin-yang thing, the way a lot of people think about it. It goes a lot deeper than that, which I think is very interesting. Um, I don't think that there's... I think the idea is that if the Jedi don't rise back up, then the darkness can overcome again and throw the Force out of balance again. But I don't think that she is a a virgin in the Force. I don't think she was created by the midichlorians to bring balance. I think that she definitely has a lineage, and we're going to see that come to fruition as we move forward. Our good friend Wendy Cooper from the High Desert says, I have some thoughts to share with you regarding The Force Awakens. First off, at this point, I've only been able to see it once, so so if my recollection is off, I apologize. Please don't judge. My fandom, I've been busy. No judgment here. This is a safe place to geek out. I saw Star Wars in the theater when I was 11. It was so very cool to take my 14-year-old to the theater. It made me happy. Then the opening. Seeing the Star Wars title all big and bad on the screen, well, I admit, I got misty. You know, nostalgia and stuff. After the crawl, I said, here we go. I was so very excited after keeping it bottled up for months. My excitement turned to pride when the kids said, now pan down. Oh, that is, mm, well done, kid. Well done. Because you do, uh, there's only one movie in the Star Wars saga that pans up after the crawl rather than down. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, the attack of the clones. Uh, But I knew then she'd been paying attention to all the times we watched the DVDs at home. We laughed together, held on to each other. She doesn't require my comfort much anymore. And cried together. We both figured Han was going to die, but it didn't make it any easier when it happened. By the way, everyone, spoiler alert. It was such a great experience. Perhaps that's why I don't get bugged by the things you did. I was enjoying the whole family time experience. I loved it. Now I have to go back and watch it again so I can get the finer points of the movie. Okay, now for the speculation. Do you think Max von, von Sydow's character, as well as Maz, were maybe senators for the Old Republic? Like part of the senators who opposed Chancellor Palpatine? They are old and wise and familiar, not just with the legends of the Jedi, but like they knew them firsthand and Poe seemed to respect him, which makes me wonder if Max could have been a teacher, maybe, helping Luke out with the Jedi lore stuff. The net calls Lor Santeca an adventurer and explorer, but he seemed to be more than that. I want him to be an old Jedi, and Poe is Padawan, but I don't think I'm going to get my wish. And yeah, I think Poe is strong in the Force. I don't think Poe is strong in the Force. I just think he is a great pilot in the vein of a Han Solo or a Harrison Dula. I absolutely loved Maz. Old and crusty on the outside, but that's all a front for the wise and compassionate being inside. Han didn't even hesitate to ask her for help, not all suspicious like he went, uh, like when he went to Lando. So there's so much more to her, which is why I wonder, you know, if she was just wasn't an old senator who just stayed retired once the New Republic came to power. And that General Hux had almost as much of a tantrum as Kylo Ren did. He was only too happy to go tattle on Kylo. Papa Snoke, Kylo isn't doing what you said. Not a lot of discipline there, a bunch of spoiled brats. And it is, and isn't it too easy for Snoke to be Plagueis? Indeed, indeed, Wendy, it is way too easy for Snoke to be Plagueis. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that people who are expecting that are are reading way too much into that character. I uh, listen, he's dead. He's dead. His apprentice killed him in his sleep. He was so powerful. That's uh, that's what the what Palpatine said. I'm okay with Ray simply being Ray. I figured Kylo Ren was a Skywalker, but Ray also a Skywalker once again. Wouldn't that be too easy? I guess she could be Luke's kid, but even then, I can't believe he'd leave her with that pig, Unkar Plutt. Unless someone hit her and Luke doesn't know she's alive. At any rate, she was so awesome, and I'm looking forward to seeing her again. Steve, I have much more, but this email is rambling, so I'm going to sign off. Love the show. And that's from Wendy Cooper out in the high desert. Now, Wendy Cooper has emailed back uh, just today, in fact. She says, Dear Steve, so I've had a little chance to talk to folks about Star Wars who are not fans, but simply members of the general public who went to see the movie. I find their insights interesting as they are. In Harry Potter terms, muggles, with no other knowledge than what they've seen at the theater. Almost to a person, I think Ray has to be, they think Ray has to be Luke's daughter. That it's obvious, and how come I can't see it? I do see it as a possibility, but it's not as obvious to me. So now I've almost changed my position on whether I think Ray is Luke's daughter, not because it's the current opinion based on the fact that if the general public thinks along these lines, perhaps that's what Disney intends on doing. I mean, it seems too easy, but easy doesn't make it wrong. Just thought I'd share. And that's Wendy, uh, from the high desert, Starkiller base in the high desert, uh, the Jakku of America, Nevada. Um, I see, I'm really still torn on this whole Ray thing. On one hand, I see where she could easily be Luke's daughter. But I also have to wonder then what kind of, you know, there's a lot about the Force Awakens that alter <laughs> the original trilogy. When people talk about and I'm I'm going to get I'm going to swing back around to this Rey thing, but give me a moment to to take this little tangent when people used to talk about well the prequels ruined star wars for them or they ruined their childhood or whatever the case may be that's such a terrible way of thinking because the prequels really had no effect on the original trilogy other than adding a depth to every single character that had been around during the prequel era um you know we we can infer so much more on what's going on with vader at different moments in that original trilogy, uh, even more than we could before because we've spent the time with Anakin. Same thing with Obi-Wan. Same thing with Yoda. You know, there's there's so much that we can do, and, and we can appreciate even more how evil Palpatine is. But as far as messing up characters, it doesn't do that, the prequels. Now we're in a situation where... We're going to see, as we already have seen at least for one of these characters, an end for these characters that we knew from the original trilogy, those of us in my generation. Um, and quite frankly, it really paints, especially the end of Return of the Jedi in a new light. You hope they had some happy years together. You hope... You know, when Hans says it wasn't all bad, it was good. Some of it was good, right? You hope that that's true. You hope there were a lot of smiles and a lot of laughs before things, you know, went belly up in the galaxy again. Um, having said that, if Luke knowingly left his daughter on a planet like Jakku with a with an individual like unkar Plut, it really paints him in a worse light than if he'd gone to the dark side in some ways guys, it's not a good thing unkar Plut's not a good person and 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 even in that vision, he's not seen as a good person. he's never kind to Ray um he toys with her a little bit, you know that sort of thing, but he's he doesn't even have he doesn't even come across you know, when you look at episode one with Watto and Anakin, yeah, Watto owned them. He, they were slaves and there's nothing good about that. But you also don't get the sense that Watto mistreated Anakin and Shmi, um, outside of, you know, owning human beings. You don't get the sense that he was cruel. You know, I mean, he even tells Anakin, sweep the racks and you can go home. Anakin, Talk to him, you know, and Anakin had, you know, said they seemed all right to me. Anakin was not scared to voice his opinion to Watto. So even though Watto was a slime ball, he wasn't cruel. And you get the idea that Unkar may be a little cruel. He's not nice. But, so to leave Ray there just seems, I mean, it really kind of taints that character of Luke Skywalker to me. And so that's what I'm saying. When we get into this, pre- this sequel era... I think you have to be careful about, you know, you got to recognize, you have to. If you don't, then what's your problem? I'm just kidding, guys, hyperbole. What it does to me is it begins to paint a new picture even more than the prequels did for the original trilogy. And I think that as a creator, if you're a creator on these things, you've got to be careful about where you take these characters so that, you continue the story with, and you bring in conflict and you bring in internal conflict and struggles without ruining everything that has been done previously. And and I, th- I think, in my opinion, in my heart, that's really, really important. Um, Cordero says, Hey, Steve, long-time listener of all your podcasts. I'm emailing you today just to talk the wars. I've heard a lot of people saying that if Ray was Luke's daughter, wouldn't Hannah have known... What if everyone thought Luke's daughter died with the rest of the Jedi he was training? Maybe Luke allowed everyone to think this because he was worried of Rey falling to the dark side like Kylo. But even if Rey isn't a Skywalker, I think we're seeing possibly the most powerful Jedi ever. Now, maybe in future movies we find out she had some previous training, but based off what we know now, for someone who wasn't even sure the Force existed, to go on and use a Jedi mind trick and tap into the Force enough to give them strength to defeat Kylo. Granted, Kylo was injured in an emotional state. The novelization gives a little more detail on this. There was a voice in Rey's head telling her to kill Kylo, and she denied the dark side. I think we're gearing up to see an epic force battle in Episode 9. Lastly, Supreme Leader Snoke, while I wasn't completely happy with his look, this guy has to be Darth Plagueis, right? See, I think if they'd have gone with a different look, people wouldn't be saying that. I think the reason people are saying that is because Darth Plagueis was a Mune, and this guy looks like he could possibly be a small-headed Mune. But no, I don't think he's Darth Plagueis. He said he saw the rise and the fall of empire. I can't imagine someone being this powerful would have gone unnoticed by the emperor. What if he was an inquisitor? What if he was um, one of those acolytes, you know, that like we see on the in the emperor's throne room in the Death Star briefly? What if he's just one of those people? He doesn't have to be Plagueis. He's and he's not even a Sith. Like it's it's been said that he's not a Sith. He, I think, he and Kylo are looking to become Sith but I don't think either one of them would claim to be a Sith at this point. Um, Unless Snoke knew how to hide himself from Palpatine. Just looking at Snoke, it's obvious someone gave him a good butt-kicking, one that would have left him barely holding on to life. Maybe I'm reaching here, but I think it would be a nice way to link all the trilogies together for the Sith who trained Palpatine to be someone who's tormenting our heroes now. Overall, The Force Awakens is a great way to set up the new trilogy with all the questions it leaves us. It's already given us what's sure to be the most epic bromance in cinematic history with Finn and Poe. Bro, oh, Yeah, Uh, I love the memes, the Finn and Poe memes that are going around these days. I saw one uh, one video where someone had actually had the clip of them running to each other, and they like slowed it down as they start to run. Sweet. It's sweet. Samuel Moon says, Hello, Steve. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I'm writing to talk some Star Wars. I saw The Force Awakens on opening Thursday and loved it. I plan to see it at least once more in theaters. I cannot wait to own it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Overall, I thought J.J. Abrams did a great job. Episode 7 feels like a Star Wars movie. One of my major complaints with the prequels is they don't feel enough like the original trilogy. I want to address that. I don't think they're supposed to feel like the original trilogy. It's supposed to be a different time. It's the end of an era, it's the end of a generation. So, you know, you're going to, it's even Obi Wan looks back on that time before the Dark Times, before the Empire, as a more civilized age. You know, he 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 recognized there's a bit of a romanticism, a Victorian era kind of feel, a romantic era type feel to that time of the prequels. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't think it's supposed to feel like the the original trilogy. I think that that's the point of it. And I think that is why the sequel trilogy may not have been as accepted by as, you know, had Lucas stuck around and done them by fans um, who who say they're fans as, you know as you would hope because i think that i think this statement the fans will love it when lucas says the fans will love it it's for the fans i think it's very telling and i think it's very admirable and 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 i'm using this as a springboard to say this i think it's very admirable of george lucas to have had a plan to make more movies in this saga where he was still going to tell the story he wanted to tell you know, uh, of all the things in the world to complain about, complaining about someone doing things the way they want to do it uh, shouldn't be there. And when people complain about he's just trying to sell toys, he's just trying, good. Good for him. You know, I hope he sold a bunch of toys, and I know he did, and I'm glad he did. Um, and and I'm a, I'm perfectly okay with that. I Lawrence Kasdan talked about Lucas wanting to sell toys, and that's why they went with Ewoks and Return of the Jedi. I don't. I don't think that's all there was to it. They've made a lot of money off Ewoks, though, by the way. And so, if anyone's complaining, walking to the bank with their Ewok money, you can just leave your Ewok money with me. If you're ashamed of Ewok money, Disney, you bring your Ewok money to my house. I'll take your Ewok money. You know, because at the end of the day, it, it there is a story there, and there is a story point there. And and if you watch Return of the Jedi with a little bit of a, a critical eye, willing to immerse yourself in the story, you'll find that the Ewoks are not idiots. They're not dumb teddy bears. That's not what they are. They're primitive, but they're not stupid. And they show that as their fighting tactics throughout that battle on Endor um, get more and more accommodating and, and more and more... Um, they, they, they're able to better and better fight the Empire as that battle goes on. So anyhow, I'm sorry. Samuel, to go off on that... I just don't think that the I don't think that the prequels were supposed to feel, a lot like the original trilogy, and I think that a lot of people miss that sometimes. All the new characters were great. He says, I think I'm in love with Rey. Daisy Ridley blew me away. The scene of her at the foot of the ad at putting on the helmet was so good. Finn was also very good, and I enjoyed the bromance between he and Pope. The reveal of the Millennium Falcon was phenomenal. I will agree. When she they don't show it, they don't show it. But here's the thing: when you when uh when Finn is, is topping the hill to look down and he sees that city, you can see the Falcon arrow there. You know, it's not you can't tell it's the Falcon because it's so far away and it has that tarp over it and all. It looks like just maybe another building. But it's definitely when you know that's the Falcon, it's there. Um <clears throat> I do think that um that was a great moment, you know. That's garbage. And then we'll take the garbage and you pan over and boom. Millennium Falcon, fantastic. Seeing Han, Chewie, C-3PO, and Leia made me feel like I was seeing old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. 3PO's been around, gang. 3PO's been around. And I think it goes without saying that BB-8 stole the show. I, like most of the internet, fell in love with him the first time I saw him, but I was afraid he might end up like Jar Jar. I am so glad those fears were unwarranted. See? Listen, you want to know my thoughts on Jar Jar more completely? Check out my Phantom Menace commentary at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Hours of listening, pleasure, await. Uh, I do have a couple of questions. During the first Falcon chase on Jakku, one of the TIE fighters blows up, and it looks like people run toward the wreckage. Did I see that right? I'm guessing they're scavengers like Rey. I thought that was an interesting detail to add. Yeah, man, those people are out there. They're all kind of in a race to scavenge all these parts and everything. Um, you know, the best scavengers get the best parts. That's what this planet has become made up of, apparently, is a bunch of scavengers. Living off the, the, the wares of this battle that took place, uh, do you think Darth? Do you think Snoke is Darth Plagueis? I really hope so. It seems plausible and give the new trilogy a tie to the prequels. I don't think he is. Um, I think that's a little bit of over speculation. I think the tie to the prequels is going to be when Anakin shows up as a Force ghost in Episode Eight, The First Order Strikes Back, or, as I'm now calling it, Episode Eight: The Search for Han. How many times have you seen it, and how many times do you plan on seeing it? I've seen it five times now. I plan on seeing it a sixth time tomorrow at the time of this recording. And one more thing. Have you read the Star Wars Infinities comics? Yes. I recently got them on Comixology, and they're all really good. There are three what-if stories. A New Hope asks, what if Luke had failed to blow up the Death Star? Empire asks, what if Luke had frozen to death on Hoth? And Jedi asks, what if the rescue of Han from Jabba's palace had gone differently? Each is four issues long and are really fun. I really like the New Hope one. The Empire one left me a little flat, and Jedi was weird man with Darth Vader showing up in the white costume at the end. mm He still has... It's like, all right, we're glad you're a good guy now, but uh, here are a few war crimes you need to stand trial for. You blew up a planet? All right, I've taken enough of your time, he says. Thanks for all you do, and Keep up the mediocre to okay work. I'll do my best, Samuel. Thank you. Um... Wow, uh, let's do this. I'm going to read uh, this email and, and want to open the phone lines up to your calls. The number to call in is 912-386-4294. We'll take a few calls, then we'll take a break, and uh, and we'll get back into some things when we come back. Uh, John Waymire says, uh, Hi, Steve, just my two cents on the new Star Wars. Is it possible to absolutely love and absolutely despise a movie at the same time? Because that's how I feel. John, I want to say this about your opening line. Um despise is a little bit of a strong word, stronger word than I felt. But you, I can't tell you how much I appreciated seeing this email because though I did not, I've never at one, I've never at any moment despised this movie. The, the mix and the clash of how I'm feeling and how I was feeling, especially at the time you sent this was just, was almost that it was this clash of ideas in my mind, in my heart about this movie. Um, and so I appreciate, I appreciated this email so much. He says, first, like you, I have a minor crit. Let's take a call. Sorry, John, we'll get back to your email momentarily. From the 408 area code. Hello, hello. Hey, Steve, how's it going? How's it going, man? Who's this now?
2: This is Brian.
0: Hey, Brian, how's it going, bro? Not too bad. So, uh, just...
2: Figured I'd give you a call and uh, ask you a question on Star Wars just see if you notice what I did. Okay. So when they light up Luke slash Vader or uh, Anakin's old lightsaber, mm-hmm. did you notice the sound is different than it used to be?
0: I didn't. In fact, I was paying attention, especially in comparison to Kylo's lightsaber. Uh, it just felt like it did sound right.
2: Um, yeah, well, because Kylo's, of course, sounds a little different because it's all you know, the right. sort of crazy, mm-hmm. where cyber, unstable cyber crystal, whatever it is. Right. Um, but yeah, if you if you you know before you go because I think you said you're going to go again tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so before you go, if you pull up, you know, plug in one of the old movies and listen to it, and then go, it has like a almost I don't know, like a deeper sound or something. Just sounds a little off on it to me.
0: Uh, you're talking about in in Force Awakens, it sounds a little bit off. Yeah, um, I see. That's an interesting question because now I want to. I n- other than just pull up one of the movies and watch, I want to hear Anakin light it up. I want to hear Luke light it up. You know, in 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 the different movies because I guess you just have to hear Anakin light it up in in uh, in three, and then that's the same one that Luke has in four and five. Yeah. Um, what is the best? You know what the best place to hear that lit up is would be empire probably. They're in the carbon freezing chamber. Right? Yeah. That's a pretty good spot. Uh, yeah. Uh well because everything is uh everything's quiet when he lights it up there against Vader. I will I'll check that out and I may try to pull it up before we're done tonight and, and check that out. So what'd you think of of the Force Awakens? Were you happy with it?
2: Um overall yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I am like you. I definitely like the movie, but I do have a few little things. But obviously, the sound on the lightsaber lighting up obviously bugs me. Um, there was a little more humor than I expected, but mm. I think I'm okay with it. Um, but overall, I was, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah,
0: I feel like, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people talked about you forget how, when you go back and rewatch the original Star Wars, you forget how funny it is. And I'm like, I never forgot how funny it was.
2: <laughs> but also, <laughs> no, I definitely know there's those moments in those. Just oh that, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Well, and it and it really came down to the delivery of a lot of uh, sarcastic lines. You know, will someone get this big walking carpet out of my way? Uh, right. Y- your worshipfulness, your highnessness, Empire even had some funny moments with Yoda. You know, there on Dagobah, Yoda was funny. Um, oh yeah. And, playing
2: with Luke before he realizes he's even Yoda.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but here, I I do feel like I think it really shows that in the same way that Lucas tried to make an effort with Phantom Menace for Jar Jar to be funny, and he and it's almost like he tried too hard with that character. Yeah, I feel like you can see the writers really trying to write in these one-liners and these funny quips and stuff that for the most part, every bit of it works, you know, like there's never a moment that's supposed to be funny that I'm like, that falls flat, but I was very, I was overly aware of it sometimes, you know? Yeah. But, but everything, but I feel like it all worked really well. But I mean, my favorite moment, which was really funny was BB eights thumbs up. Oh, it was hilarious! So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the only, uh,
2: the only other thing with BB8, though, where I was like, mm, it was again kind of a sound issue where he's going down the stairs behind Ray. Yes, it almost had it was it was kind of like a combination of a metal and a beach ball sound mixed together.
0: Well, you kind of get the idea that he might be kind of hollow in there. Yeah, you
3: know,
2: a metal. You know, I kind of get, but it's the, the, the kind of the. Kind of rubbery beach bally right. sound, kind of mixed in there that right. I picked up on, kind yeah. of threw
1: me
0: off a little. Bit. I was hmm. like, "Uh, I know he's metal. I know what you're talking about." I'm going to listen for that thunk tomorrow and see what I and see what I can hear um, yeah. with that because I didn't pick up the beach ball. I did. I, I felt more like it was that he's not completely packed with gadgets and gizmos in there. You know that there's a there's a pretty good cavity of of space in inside of BB-8. Maybe,
2: yeah, well, he's got all those little tools and things, and mm-hmm. the cable sh- they shoots out, and all sorts of yep.
0: you know, yeah, that's so. true,
2: of which the cables uh saving him from slapping around the morning falcon was pretty good That, that was, was good, and
0: face. the way, i mean, and he used them to get up out of the 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 underbelly there when when they all climbed out of of the compartment where they were fixing the the falcon and he he was just left down there, and finally, it's like, and it, you know, it's just one of those moments where, like, hey, we got to get BB eight out of there. How are we gonna do it? Well, let's use those cables. So,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Brian, thanks for giving us a call, man. And uh, I'm definitely going to listen for those things. I've, I've got Empire queued up here. I'm going to try to play it once I get off here with you.
2: All right. All right, and man. Uh, can I say I'm I'm surprised that Andy was not first.
0: Uh, Andy's Andy's gotten better. Andy's calmed down on that, so we appreciate Andy okay. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. All right, Brian, have a good night my friend. Thanks for calling. All
2: right, you too. Thanks a
0: lot. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, this is the moment in Empire when Luke steps into the freezing chamber and Vader is there. <laughs> this is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars, guys.
4: The force is with you, young Skywalker.
1: But you are not a Jedi yet.
0: I mean, my Lanta. this whole set is just amazing to look at. It's iconic, those stairs and everything. Okay, here we go. Here's the Luke Saber. Yeah, it has got it has got a b I it's got a high-pitched kind of when it's coming out of the hilt, but it does have that low hum continuously through it. So uh, let's listen just a touch more. Vader's is a little bit louder. Yeah, we'll definitely listen for that next time I'm watching Force Awakens, which will hopefully be uh, tomorrow at the time of this recording. Let's get back to John's email. Sorry, John. Uh, first, like you, I have a few minor cribbles with the visuals. Mine comes from the planets not feeling alien enough. I feel they went too far trying to stay away from CGI. Jakku was okay, but Maz's and the planet Luke was on both looked like they were on Earth. By the way, did you notice that you, don't, that you did not mention the planet that Maz was on or that Luke was on? They, those planets were not named and that's that's one of those things that Lucas would always do in the dialogue a little bit or in the opening crawl you know and that's what happened with Jakku um and they kept saying Jakku several times but after that we never heard the names of those planets we never we know the the rebel planet is in the Aldenium system um and we know that whatever system was destroyed was the Hosnian system uh where the republic was stationed at at the time but we never really hear those planets names in the movie um and I, you know we hear Bespin we hear Dagobah we know these things from I, I'm going to Empire cuz that's what's fresh on my mind the forest moon of Endor is mentioned in um in uh return of the jedi uh of course Tatooine Alderaan they never mention Yavin 4 now they never call it y- well no they do the the empire says the the moon on the far side of the Yavin so we know they're at least on a moon of Yavin there. Um, we never get those little things in the dialogue or in any way with what's happening uh, on those planets. So I think that's one of those small little things they overlooked, and someone pointed that out. Someone else pointed that out to me. Um, John goes on, for example, Dagobah looks like an Earth swamp, but they have several establishing shots that show giant bats flowing around to show it's another planet. Contrast that with the scene where Ray finds Luke. Uh, Han says Luke was looking for the first Jedi temple early in the movie, so I was expecting to see some majestic ruins at the top of Ray's climb. Instead, they appear to just be the ruins that are already there. So to me, rather than being on some exotic planet, they look like they are the highlands of Scotland. What I loved about the movie was about everything else. Sure, I could nitpick some more stuff here and there, but nothing earth-shaking. Love Ray, Finn, Poe. Kylo Ren wasn't just a carbon copy bad guy. BB-8 was great. Phasma was my only character disappointment because she was underused after all the hype. Great action great humor. But what I hate, and it's a big hate, is the death of Han Solo. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the scene was badly written or acted. It's the fact that he was killed, especially after Harrison Ford did a superb job of bringing this character back. I know this is just a personal thing for me, but Han Solo is my favorite character in all of fiction. The fact that he's now gone moving forward really has me feeling down. And I don't want to feel down leaving a Star Wars movie. That's why I despise it. Just to clarify, this is because everyone brings it up. When I say Han is my favorite, I mean Han is played by Harrison Ford. I know there's a whole movie dedicated to the character coming up, and it remains to be seen if whoever they cast has the chops to pull it off. Anyway, keep up the good work, Steve. As long as you keep podcasting, I'll be a listener. And that's from John. John, I think you make some very astute points without stepping on people's toes or trying to pull the rug out from people who really do love this movie. And that's one thing I've never wanted to do with any of my uh, criticisms, I never wanted to, um, to ruin anyone's fun, to ruin anyone's enjoyment. And this was my fear of giving any review whatsoever, uh, because bringing up my criticism, I had to be honest, but I didn't want anyone to feel like I was crapping on their good time. And, and so I, you know, there you go. Uh, three, eight, six, four, two, nine, four is the number. If you got us on Skype, hit us up. On Skype, and we'll uh, we'll we'll take your calls now. At this time, talking a little Force Awakens, talking some other stuff, whatever's on your mind, geeking out about. We'll take a few calls. We'll take a break, and we'll come back. Hey, speaking of Andy, in and the last call, what's going on, Andy?
5: Now, what is what is comment I heard that Andy's gotten better?
0: Yeah, you've you, you've given people an opportunity. You've been really good about giving people the opportunity to call in.
5: You're making me sound like I'm nice. I'm not. Uh, Oh, like, okay. I, let, let me clear something up. I'm like, this is my thing. This is the only thing I have in the Gulliver. So I just, you know, I was just writing something. So, yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. No, I, you know, for once, I didn't want to be all obsessed because maybe I thought that would freak you out. Uh, although I too late. pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> but
0: how are you doing, Steve? I'm good. I'm good. Just having some fun talking the wars tonight. Now, you, ta- you called in the last time we took a few calls about Star Wars and you loved it.
5: Yes, I got to see it uh, with my big sister, and it was actually the first time I actually got to see a Star Wars movie on the big screen. And I had such a fun time, and I lo- and I did the thing of not, sh- you know, like rewatching all the films right. you know before I went in to see because I just wanted to pretend that I'd never seen that. Yeah, I just want to and- go in fresh as possible. Yeah, and, and I know it's a little bit of a cheat because I've been, you know, like, stoked for about you know, the whole year. I got, you know, I got a BBA for my birthday. I got a Kylo and lightsaber and stuff like that. But, you know, I just wanted to be, I don't want to, like, I just don't want to know anything. And I just went in and I had the greatest time of my life and I need more rain in my life. I, you know, I'm, these haters are driving me crazy. It's like, you know, you, we can't love, we can't have any nice things, Steve. Who's hating? Who's hating on what? Idiots on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook. Are they hating on Ray? Yeah, you know, they've been calling her a Mary Sue. Oh, yeah.
0: Look, listen, here's here's what I think it is, Andy. I think there are a lot of people who want to be the smartest person in the room. They want to be the person who stirs up junk. I think there's some people who say something, even though they don't believe it. I think there are people who say stuff just to get the attention and just to get something started. I don't think Ray's a Mary Sue. They do a great job of setting (laughs) up. uh this young woman already being tough already being a survivor already having some some ability and skills i mean she's had to survive on this planet so and and what happens what's really interesting is is the scene with kylo ren is where she really gets unlocked because and you see it and they spend a lot of time in that scene that scene gets uncomfortably long and weird if you go back and watch it because they're taking the time to show her literally push back against him and when she begins to tell him his fear of not being as good as darth vader as powerful as darth vader you realize she has touched his mind she when she talks about when when he says you know we got a map to luke skywalker and she says i thought luke skywalker was a myth you that signals to me that this and she's wearing the rebel helmet she's got all this stuff it signals to me that and she knows who han solo is it signals to me that this is a a young woman who's also immersed herself in the mythology of the galaxy. So she's heard of a Jedi mind trick. She's heard these stories and tales. Whether she knew they were true or not, she knew these things. And so uh, when she figures out how to touch Kylo's mind, she's kind of unlocked that ability to reach into someone else's mind. So she's able to then Jedi mind trick the stormtrooper. She had skills with a melee weapon. We see that with her staff. So when that lightsaber comes to her, and Kylo's injured, he's hurt, she has the ability to kind of stand on, stand him down, fight him off. But he's backing her down until she taps into the Force. Let's not forget, he has her on the cliff. when she, And he's saying, let me teach you. I can show you the Force. And she realizes the Force, and she does what Maz told her to. She closes her eyes, and she feels the light. And then she comes back. And now,
5: I noticed something that... Um... You know, one of the most iconic things from the traders was, you know, when I don't know who it was, I think it was Ray who said just let it in. But I can't remember one time when she actually said it in the film. Like, do you think that was mostly just for the the marketing well, or do you think A lot of people thought that was
0: Maz saying the force is calling you let it in. I think that they left that line in for some marketing stuff. I think it was uh one of the maybe one of the takes. Um I thought it was Leia when she said just let it in. There is a deleted scene of Maz back on the planet, Resistance planet where she actually hands Leia the lightsaber. And there may oh, have yeah. been a conversation between them and Rey uh, where she says that or Maz says it. But Maz does say, this lightsaber called to you. It's calling to you. And, and she never says the term, let it in. But it's, it's the, there's just some editing that takes place here and there sometimes where, where lines and stuff get cut.
5: And... One thing I want to ask you before I before I go, because I don't want to take too much time. But well, thank you. I, well, you work, Steve. I'm trying to be a better person. in 2016. That's what Just. I said. That I, Andy, I was complimenting you earlier. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. But what I was going to say was um, because there's been some talks about you know an extended cut, you know like some you know like mm-hmm. the amount of scenes that were cut out and so on what are what is your aspect on that when it comes to star wars films and you know and especially this one like in terms of getting an ex, you know, i don't know extended cut or director's well, cut or whatever one the the
0: i think we've got a director's cut i think it's what we saw in the theater george lucas extended some scenes for episode 1 particularly with the pod race stuff um i it, it's not something that i would expect to have happened i'm sure whatever blu ray or dvd release we get There'll be deleted scenes that you can watch, but I don't know they'll be inserted back into the movie itself. I think that Abrams and company were happy with the final, um, the the final product, and so I don't know. But obviously, there'll be deleted scenes we get to watch. That's one thing that you know uh, has defined Star Wars or the special behind the scenes features with everything,
5: cause, cause fans just voraciously eat it up. So, I just one more. I just wanted to see more Phasma because I felt like like you said they build up so much in marketing and I felt like but what was the point of hyping her so much if you were just going to cut her from like well Star I don't Wars know.
0: has a history of that as well you know um one of the uh one of the preview action figures for Attack of the Clones was Zam Wassell, uh the bounty hunter who gets taken out after a big chase uh Boba Fett doesn't really have that much screen time and and though he's really important to empire uh, you know, everyone always complains that he went out like a punk in Jedi. So, uh, Star Wars has a history of really kind of putting someone's face out there front and center, and then not doing much with them in the movie. But from what I understand, she'll be around in Episode Eight,
5: so and Nine, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully so. I hope we get to see her do some cool stuff. <clears throat> me too. So. Well, Steve, thank you so much for letting me call in. I will definitely be here on January twenty third to. Support uh, What was the um, organization you're working with this time? It's Cure. It's the same one we did last time. Okay. okay CureChildhoodCancer.org yeah. yeah. Awesome. I will definitely be here, and hopefully we will, we'll get to that free goal. and because Steve, you're doing something awesome, because you know, that's, that's the power of podcasting. That's it's right. That, you know, we can take our listeners, subscribers, whatever you want to call them, and we can put them to actually change the world, not just be like, you know, oh, listen to us talk about right. a TV show or a comic. That's so right. you have a great week, and I will talk to you right, soon. All right, man. Have a good
0: one, Andy. We'll talk to you soon. Soon. I- See you. All right, calling from the 972. Hello, hello.
4: Hi, Steve. Elisa.
0: What's happening, Elisa?
4: Well, I thought I'd call in and ensure that you don't post because you never post anything I call on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is Geek Out Loud slash Big Honkin Show, so it'll get posted.
4: Oh, I know. I was just giving you a hard time. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, The Force Awakens. I hope
0: that's okay. Yeah, of course it's okay. <laughs>
4: Um, I absolutely love the movie. Yeah? I, it, was, it was so awesome. It's just there. And, and I don't know why it surprised me, but um, one of my favorite moments was the reveal of the Falcon.
0: Yes, and yes.
4: And so good. And I, I didn't expect the crowd to cheer, but <laughs> I don't know. I guess it just surprised me. I didn't expect in my little poke town that they would do that. but. Uh, there's solar
0: trends everywhere. Right. Oh, uh, I think one thing that this movie is showing is that this that this fandom is more universal than people have ever realized. Um yes. And 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 the mark. I mean, and look, part of that's Disney's marketing. They did a really good job of promoting this thing so that people wanted to go see it and see what it's all about. Uh, well, I have I know people who've never watched a Star Wars movie who are like, I think I'm gonna go see this, you know, that kind of thing. So um but but the people who cheer when the Falcon shows up, I mean those those are the OG fans. They know what they're there for and um but that was a great moment when when it just pans over and you realize it's the Falcon and and the and, and classic Star Wars music hits and you're like, Oh, here we go. It was I cheered, I squealed. I did too, I
4: did too. And uh, it's really hard for me to even go to a movie. I don't go very often because I'm very claustrophobic.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So I always have to make sure I get there early and get a seat to where I'm as close to the door as I can to enjoy <laughs> it. And I mean, I didn't, you know, and <laughs> I snuck into a later um because I got too late for the one I was going to, but anyways, I I didn't I didn't feel claustrophobic the whole time, mm-hmm. so it was it, it just kept my attention. But I did want to talk to you because um, I haven't heard anybody really talk a lot about. No, no, it's still I mean it's not even months gone by, and there's a lot to process. But uh, the Han and Leia uh, scene mm-hmm. were my favorite because you could just feel their sadness. Yeah yeah and oh, it'll make me crap I talk too much about it but um it's something that parents go through and you know all you can do is you butt the best you can as a parent and um I think Han went out there to try and save him more Leia. I, I think he had lost all hope for his son I, I
0: I think in a way he had too i i think but I also think that both of their reactions to the situation is very true to life i mean that they're, they're very there are a lot of parents who find themselves in the heartbreaking situation of losing a child and for all intents and purposes um you know han and Leia had lost their child and and it caused them to go their separate ways to split up and that's a that's what happens to a lot of parents in the real world sometimes when it, the pain's just too great and they don't know how to process it and they don't they, and rather than lean on each other, they go back to they they reclude, you know, they they retreat into themselves, and um, and so that's what happened with Han and Leia. And when they're back together, they're both reminded of him. They're both reminded of what's going on. And Han even says, "You know, I left because I, I every time you looked at me, I thought you were, you you saw him." And mm-hmm. and so I do. Yeah, I mean, Han basically says he's gone, he's lost, you know. And Leia's one says there is still light in him. I think once Han looked him in the eye, though. I think that mm-hmm. Han realized there is still good in this kid, and, um, and, Oh,
4: yeah, uh, Hanson Core played it so wonderfully. I, I had yeah. to look away when when it happened. When that music changed and he gripped that saber, or the lightsaber, tighter, and I knew it was going to happen, I had to look away. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it hurt. Yeah. And... Um, they're just you know I just think um, you know Carrie Fisher is such a conundrum to me because in real life she's so different <laughs> um, but she was so dignified as Leia, and even though there was that deep sadness and she's a general, but she's a mom too, and mm-hmm. a mom really never gives up hope right. I don't think it yeah so well, I don't know I just, I really like the scenes those are my
1: favorites,
0: yeah, I think that I think that Carrie Fisher uh just kind of showed how good of an actress she is Mm -hmm. you know because as you said there is so much that we know about her personally and and that sort of thing and and then to pull off this just dignified is a great word i mean there's a dignity to her performance i i I thought it was beautiful and um and so i yeah i i completely agree with you on on her but uh, but i also wanted
4: to say that um you know, I'm sure you didn't enjoy it as much as um, maybe you had hoped you would, but I appreciate the fact that you are respectful of other people and how they feel about it. Because I'm not a, uh, a fan of the prequels, but I would never go to someone telling me they're wrong for liking it,
3: mm-hmm. like
4: some people do. And I think that, you know, maybe it broke your heart a little bit that it wasn't quite what you expected, but you were, you were um, and still are being honest about how you feel but you're not telling everybody else that well you're wrong for
0: liking it well because i don't think that anyone is wrong for liking it you know i think that that people who love it are are exactly right for loving this movie and and i love it i love this movie i just the problems i had it took me time to get over you know and i'll defend this movie till my dying breath. I, I think that it's a great star Wars movie and I'm really excited about the future of what we're going to get. There will always be though, in the back of my mind, what if Lucas had done this, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 introduced new in a way that only George Lucas can. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I, yeah, I, but I don't think anyone's wrong for loving it. And I, and, and that was my fears. I never wanted to, to rain on anyone's parade. And I am excited that star Wars is back and people are loving star Wars in a way they hadn't in years. So, and look, star Wars is number one in the U S it's the, it's the world. Yeah. It should be the world. here
4: soon.
0: Hopefully that's what we're hoping for. So, well, Elisa, Mm -hmm. thanks for your call. It's good to talk to you. Uh, you too. Thanks for talking to me, and thanks for loving
4: the
0: words. All right. Have a good night. You too, dear. We'll, we'll see Bye. you, Alisa Leah, uh, part of the Mixler Zoo crew here in the Goldiverse, So um, we appreciate her calling in. Thanks to Andy, and thanks to Brian. Uh, we're going to take uh, just briefly. We're going to take a, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, I've got a, I've got a, oh my gosh, this. Guys, <laughs> this story, well, we'll, look, truth of the matter is, it doesn't get much better than the story we're going to be talking about when we come back on Geek Out Loud slash we built the, built city. the Big Honkin' Show. We'll be back we after this. this.
1: Accident,
5: and it wasn't any propeller, and it wasn't any coral reef, and it wasn't Jack the Ripper.
0: It was a shark.
4: <laughs> no swimming. I order
6: the Amity PD. <laughs> we will be open for business. Now, if you fellas are concerned about the beaches, you do whatever you have to to make them safe. <laughs> Larry, I mean, the summer is over, you're the mayor of Shark City, these people
1: think you want the beaches open. I, I was, I was, I was acting in the Towns That's that right, you were acting in Towns interest, and that's why you're going to do the right thing. That's why you're going to sign this, and we're going to pay that guy what he wants.
5: This summer, a danger from Malone meets the savior of the night.
1: You know me? We've been at war since before either of us even existed. You try killing my mother, you kill my father, you will not kill me.
0: You'll come for the music. You're going to need a bigger boat, you're going to need a bigger boat, I'll get the Bat Boat! But you'll stay
4: for the adventure.
5: Oh, boys! I think he's come back for his noon feeding.
1: Evasive maneuvers now! That's great! That's just great! Now we know how far we are! we stay the course, we are dead! Batman vs. Jaws coming this summer.
6: Coming soon to Kenner, the new Play It Out Loud line of toys. You can be the amazing Big Honkin.
1: I think that.
6: Become your favorite heroes.
1: Mano mano mano. Hello, ladies
2: Act
6: out your favorite adventures.
1: I'm not
6: a I'm play it out loud. Buck Thompson, Bigfoot, and Edna playsets sewed separately. Now you have the power of the Gulliverse in your hands.
0: Are gnomes too sissy for your garden? Then try a Bigfoot statue.
5: From the makers of Sasquatch Stick.
0: It's the lovely Sasquatch. Listen to Satisfied Customer Mountain Man 10. It has beautiful hair. This thing was 18 inches tall. I set him back on that path out there. Someone came around trying to steal him. I thought he was going to kill my little dog. I said, get, get, get away from him. I'm not saying there's such a thing as Bigfoot, but sometimes what you run into is a real Bigfoot there are two statues of the Sasquatch that someone could own. There's a statue of a Sasquatch walking and lumbering and kind of in that pose from that one video. It's this statue of him kind of hanging on a tree, peeking out from around the tree. you can do a package of the Sasquatch statue and the Sasquatch stick. Where does one buy a Bigfoot statue? That's the question. Now, we've got the stick and the statue all for a very special low low price operators are standing by call now
6: you your distance.
0: We're back on the Geek Out Loud Big Honkin' Show mashup special. Heading into January 23rd, the big Golaverse Marathon where we're teaming with Cure at CureChildhoodCancer.org. Our goal that day is to raise $3,000 for Cure. We raised over $1,600 last year uh, with a goal of $1,500. So we're doubling up the goal, hoping to really blow things out of the water. Hope you'll all join us on January 23rd live at Mixer.com slash Goaliverse. We're all day long We'll be going through all the shows in the GolaVerse: Big honking show, geek out loud, rock out loud, mark out loud, Disney vault talk. Maybe a Steve Star Wars corner in there. A lot of surprises along the way. Round three. All kinds of fun stuff happening on Saturday, January 23rd. Mixer.com slash Goaliverse. And all week long, people have the opportunity to give to cure at curechildhoodcancer.org. We'll give you all the links for giving on the day of. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. Now. We've got a lot of great supporters, a lot of great friends of Geek Out Loud through our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. If you want to support the shows directly, you can do so. Like Gabe Vermond, our featured supporter, using his knowledge of resonant harmonics, Gabe crafted a musical key like that Master of the Universe movie from the 80s. He used this device to travel anywhere in the world at a moment's notice. Just hitting the right notes takes him to the top of Everest, where he's left a criminal or two to think about their mistakes before they agree to confessing. That's Gabe Vermond our featured supporter from patreon.com slash geek loud speaking of which watch those of you who are patreon supporters watch your patreon uh notices this weekend as you'll be getting at least one commentary uh we're hoping to get as many as three in there but we can guarantee at least one commentary this weekend coming to patreon.com slash geek loud we appreciate everyone who supports us there. Thank you so much, as we say here in the old Gulliver. So, uh, now then, as is our custom on the Big Honkin' Show, we like to take a look at the news that really matters across the land. Tonight is no different, as (laughs) this is news that would seem to come out of Florida, but unfortunately, it is not Florida news. It is from the great state of Michigan, Bay City, Michigan. A Michigan couple's engagement is off to a rocky start. Police say a 25-year-old man proposed to a 20-year-old woman at a Bay City Walmart store in front of employees and other shoppers who congratulated them on December 30th. That sentence alone should let you know that this couple's engagement is off to a rocky start. Baby, I love you so much, and we're here where we met, and we always hang out. This is our date night, and... We've been coming this same Walmart for the past nine months and I love you so much and I just wanna you didn't see me do this, but I got this ring a while ago while you was looking at some looking at some t shirts over there and I just will you marry me? That same night William Cornelius Jr. was later was accused of shoplifting at a nearby store and arrested. Um Court records show the items included uh, edible underwear and other paraphernalia uh, that a couple may use when they get engaged to enjoy their to celebrate their engagement. Bay City Times, citing court records, reports his fiance admitted stolen jewelry was in her possession.
1: He just loves me so much. I just appreciate him for giving me this jewelry. He stole it though.
0: Cornelius was arraigned, and using his last name makes him sound a lot more regal. He's probably old Billy Corn is what they call him, old Billy Corn. William Cornelius Jr. Uh, Cornelius was arranged Tuesday on a misdemeanor charge. He couldn't be reached for comment Thursday because he had not posted bail. His fiance posted, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Her. His fiance posted bond before she could be, oh, before she could be arraigned. On any charges. The newspaper say, it says investigators confirmed Cornelius bought an engagement ring at Walmart. <clears throat> For $29. <laughs> Far be it from me to pass judgment on anyone. Guys, I'm a single, single man. Uh, ladies. And... I don't know a lot about love, don't know a lot about relationships, but I do know this. Just work a little hard, save up, guys, and come on, at least get into the triple digits on what you're spending on a ring. At least get to that $100 mark before you uh, before you buy a ring for your bride-to-be. $29 ring at Walmart. Wow. You can't make this stuff up, and sometimes it's just hard to add anything to what has been made up. Um, Real love, ladies and gentlemen. True love in Bay City, Michigan. (sighs) (laughs) This is Casey Kasem with a long-distance request and dedication. William writes, Dear Casey, I recently got engaged to the woman of my dreams. We were engaged in front of all of our friends and loved ones. I scrimped and saved for at least a day to buy her engagement ring. And later, I was suddenly taken away from her for several months. I wanted to know that I think about her every day, and I miss her dearly. Could you please play Brian Adams everything I do I do for you to let her know that everything I did to be where I am, I did for her and a little bit for me. Thanks, Casey. From Billy Corn, Bay City Jail. Well, here's your long-distance request and dedication, Billy. $29.
1: Yeah,
0: search your heart, dear. Oh, yeah. You there,
1: you no
0: You're worth $29 Don't to me.
1: Tell me it's not worth trying for.
0: Or stealing for.
1: You can't tell me it's not worth dying
0: for. Or at least going to jail over.
1: You know it's true.
0: I think it's true everything. Misdemeanor, larceny. It's all for you, baby. It's all for you. No prison jokes, ladies and gentlemen. I will not make them. I will say this, speaking of Walmart, unfortunately, I have to go to Walmart, you know, to do most of my shopping, if I'm not just buying groceries, I don't go to Walmart to buy groceries that much. I, I spent a little extra go to Harvey's grocery store here uh, on the Douglas Highway in Hazelhurst. Uh, they got a great meat department. Um, but I do go to Walmart sometimes to buy other things that I need, and I can't help but go through the toy aisle. The other night, I found myself driving over to Vidalia, Georgia, home of the Vidalia sweet onion, uh, and I found myself at Walmart there. Now it's a large Walmart and it's usually very crowded in my general move. When I go to a Walmart, one of these super centers is to enter and exit through the garden center area. If I'm there in time, if it's not late, uh, cause generally what I find is that most people who are checking out in the garden center are like me, not, not like me, but you know, they have as many items as I do, which is usually not very many. And so you're kind of, you can get out quicker. You can get out more quickly. So, um, this was what happened the other evening at, at that particular Walmart. And I found great find. Um, uh, I found a black series, six inch black series, general Hux and a six inch black series. I was very excited about this. And because of my card collecting addition, uh, addiction, I had to run to the office supply area and pick up a D ring binder for, uh, my trading cards. And um, so I go, I'm walking these things back to the garden center where I was parked to check out, and there was a short line. At the front of the line, though, a lady had picked up a dog carrier, a large one, that she was saying was uh, marked as $10. They had been placed in the wrong place with the wrong price, and so this lady uh, needed to override because she were going to honor what was said on the shelf. They, they were not she did all the right checking with the person they were on but she needed a manager a CSN as it were to come and do an override use the key to do an override so she makes the call over the intercom i need a CSN to a garden center for override and we begin the process of waiting now I'm a patient person. I don't. I'm not one of these people to get really upset, really mad. But most people in line were not as patient as I was. And so after about, and I kid you not, ten minutes, uh, the line started to dwindle down. People started to decide to walk all the way back about a half a mile back to the registers, where I mean, this Walmart probably has fifty registers, of which you know three are open normally. Um, But I sat there. I'm like, well, surely the person will be along in a minute, and I've moved up in the line, and I'll be on out of here within just a few minutes. Well, we sat there, and the whole time this dear lady, this lady behind the cash register, this this cashier, sat there and just stared down the way because you had a clear shot down to where, like, the customer service was, where all the CSNs are. And she just sat there just looking, not acknowledging any of the customers, just looking and waiting for the CSN. And she sat there for minute after minute after minute after minute. And I began to get a little perturbed. And then I saw her make a move back over to where the phone was to do the intercom thing, and she reaches in a little cup holder situation. I kid you not, she pulls out nail clippers. <laughs> she clips her nails, you know just a just a couple. she just trims up one or two, you know, puts the nail clippers back in, turns and looks, and still nothing's happening, so she gets on the horn one more time. I need a CSN to garden center for a, for an over ride. This is a, this is a sweet lady. She was really sweet. Hispanic lady, kind of older, you know, um, I bring up the fact she's Hispanic because having spent some time south of the border, I, our, our Hispanic friends oftentimes don't get in the hurry that we Americans do. Uh, it's just, you'll find the same thing like down in some of the islands, uh, you know, down in the Caribbean, you know, they call it Island time. They just don't get in a hurry. And that's. And this lady was in no hurry. She And her face remained emotionless throughout this entire process. And we stood there. And we stood there. And we stood there. And we stood there. And I thought to myself, I can walk over, walk back way half a mile down to the 50 registers and find one of the three that will be open. I can wait in that line, which will actually be moving and I can check out and probably be out of here before this lady gets her situation taken care of. Or, or, why don't I do this? I got nowhere to be. I'm going to stand here and see how long this whole process takes. Like, it became a thing of a a waiting game. And I am kid you not when I say I stood there for another 10 to 15 minutes before the lady picked up for a third time, picked up the intercom and said, we need a CSN to Garden Center for an override. Click. I wanted to tell her what you need to do is say CSN to Garden Center for override and then repeat that. CSN to the Garden Center for an override to make sure that you are well heard and not forgotten. After about eight more minutes of staying I literally sat there. This is not an exaggeration. This is not, uh, Steve joking around, for half an hour, ladies and gentlemen, half an hour stood there because I re- because it became a game for me. It became a thing where I'm like, I refuse now to walk away. This My commitment to this situation has escalated to the point that I must stay here. I must stay here. And I had to know what was going on. Had to. So... But I did I did kind of come to the end of my patience. They listen, I'm gonna admit to you right now, <clears throat> they outlasted me. They won. Because what I did was I pulled out my phone and was getting ready to call that Walmart. <laughs> I was. I was about to call the Walmart and say hey, I'm back at the garden center. They need a CSN for an override and have for the past 25 minutes or so. And as I was pulling out the phone and looking up the number, the lady, the cashier says, oh, here she comes. And I turn and look and sure enough, this lady's coming. Now here's where the the, the rest of the 30 minutes took place because the lady gets there and understand the people who were purchasing the dog carrying stuff, they were now getting a little bit perturbed. They were now, you know, kind of coming to that antsy place. And so the CSN gets there, it's like, what's the problem? She's like, well, it's the 40, it ring up for 44, uh, it said 10, um, but it was in the wrong place. I already sent so-and-so to look, and it's the wrong place. Well, have they changed it? Yeah, he's moved everything. And so this lady then gets on, the CSN then gets on her walkie-talkie to, I guess, the the overall manager, the general manager, and she's talking really quietly because she knows what's about to happen. Something's about to blow up in her face. She's like, yeah, this lady found this for 10 It's marked. It's really 44 but they marked it for 10 Um Can we just... Uh, do we want to give it to her for 10 Like, this woman was bracing herself for a fight, and I was bracing myself to get my phone out and watch the fight with the camera on because this was going to be YouTube gold had she said, we can't give this to you for $10. Uh, fortunately, Walmart took the bath. They gave it to her for 10 and uh, in the midst of everything, I had set my stuff on the counter there. And the woman saw the Star Wars figures while we were waiting. And at one point, she did look down and say, oh, you collect these? I'm like, yeah. You have a lot? Yes. You have some of the old stuff? Yes, ma'am. Well, that's probably worth a lot of money. Well, not really. I've had it all for a long time. And, you know, and and everyone had that stuff back. And they, uh, it's my general go-to because people think, oh, you've got a lot of Star Wars collectibles? You must be... Sitting on a boatload of wealth. And the truth is, no, I'm not. Uh, because everyone has everything that I have. Um, it's just how it works. But it all means something to me. It's all special to me. Either it's my old toys or it's toys that have been uh added to my collection by kind donors. Um, you know, it's just it's it's something I'm very happy with and it brings me a lot of joy. I didn't go into all that with her. I just kinda nodded and smiled more than anything. But um man. What Listen, guys, here's what I want to tell you. Beware of Walmart. The garden center is normally your best bet. There's my tip for the night. But if they start needing a CSN for an override, just take your stuff and walk away. Take your stuff and walk away. Now, uh, back to this whole engagement at Walmart situation and the people who were arraigned. That leads me into this idea. I I don't know if you guys are familiar with my obsession and love uh, for Captain Clay Higgins from St. Landry Parish in Louisiana. This man is, uh, I mean, he's a hero. There's no sense in playing the music for him. We all know he's a hero. He cuts wrestling promos on criminals on the news, K-A-T-C. Uh, they have a Crime Stopper segment where he's trying to uh, bring some awareness to different crimes that have taken place in his parish and encouraging people to call in with information. But then he always has a special message for the evildoers who would do evil. Uh, let's listen to this one.
6: Food for the hungry, clothing for the poor, medicine for the sick, counseling for the depressed, and hope for the lost. Ask yourself, look into your own heart and ponder, what kind of a man would steal from the church on the night of October 30th? an evil presence entered the Catholic Curcia Center on Highway 104. The thief smashed through the door, rummaged through every drawer and closet, cleaned out the cash register, and emptied the safe. Imagine the excitement of this demon as he destroyed the property of Christ Mm. and stole the hopes of the poor. Mm. His soul no doubt suffers the deepest of dismay, the gnashing of his teeth heard in heaven itself. Abaddon, listen well. Silence your abyss and pay attention to me. I'm talking to you now. Uh Uh-oh. You think you've captured this soul, driving him to the heights of evil design.
0: I just want to say this. Brother ain't talking to the criminal. He's talking to the demon within the criminal.
6: Stealing from our church, encompassing his life with your lies. But we will capture this man and we will offer him redemption. In our custody... He will hear the word inside of our jail he will be free released from the captivity of the pit if you're that fallen man please listen to me sir look closely at the cyclops light you left behind we know you've used it before on another burglary Uh oh and listen carefully son we know you've replaced the batteries inside this light uh-oh Turn yourself in, son. Mm. Your soul is tortured, running from shadow to shadow, sneaking around at night, a slave of the ancient serpent. Listen to him. You're already in prison. Listen to him. A prison of your own design. Oh my gosh. Turn yourself in. Begin to make things right. Let us help you. Redemption can be yours. Your path to freedom begins in our jail. Oh
0: snap, ladies and gentlemen, Captain Clay Higgins from St. Landry Paris, Your path to freedom begins in our jail. He don't give a duke. He's like, listen, we'll redeem you, son, but you do the crime, you do the time. This man just fires me up. This is this is the man. He should run for president. This man should run for this man should run for king. This guy rocks the house. Uh, his catchphrase. Put your affairs in order. Uh, plain and simple. Get your affairs in order. I am a huge fan of Captain Clay Higgins from St. Landy Parish, and I hope to have him on one of our shows one day to discuss his Crime Stopper segment. And he's just amazing, ladies and gentlemen. He's Daniel Landy says I hope this guy becomes an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark, Iron Man, suit up everybody. Captain Clay Higgins just puts on his patrol hat and he's like, I'm ready to go. We're going to bring this man to justice. Redemption begins in our jail. And Tony just looks at Captain America and he's like, Did you bring this guy? You know? <laughs> they don't need Black Widow anymore to control the Hulk because he just stares the Hulk down. That's how bad this dude is, man. He is awesome. Oh, God bless. God bless Captain Higgins, mm. and I hope you find that man, and I hope you bring him not only to redemption but to justice. And he better have his affairs in order. That's a great catchphrase. Put your affairs in order. uh, he said that on another one we listened to recently on the Big Honkin' Show. So, uh, the, yeah. So anyhow, guys, we've been talking about The Force Awakens, and I've really enjoyed talking The Force Awakens, and I got so many more uh emails. Uh, I want to read this one from Michael Prince. Michael Prince says, Stephen Company, I had all these thoughts while listening to you talk about The Force Awakens. I know you spent the majority of the episode praising everything about the movie, but like a good podcast listener, I'm going to write an entire rebuttal aimed at the first 20 minutes of your review. Thank you, Michael, for focusing on the negative. Um First of all, you were so nitpicky. When you said you were going to be negative at first, I was bothered. You've always had to keep it positive to spend the verse. I was not as bothered when I heard the issues you had with the movie because most of them were laughable. The fact that an animatronic bird would pull you out of the film was a bit funny to me. As one who supports the prequels to the end, and I've supported them using your arguments many times, I felt like your standards for visuals would be more than met by the blend of practical and digital effects in The Force Awakens. I was blown away with the transitions between them. I felt the animatronic stuff, while sometimes noticeable, was more a shout-out to the original trilogy than a lack of polish or standards. It brought me into the films even more because of the nostalgic feel to, of it all. That bird is not a good bird. That bird is just like, it's, it's weak. All it does is move its neck and head. I mean, when you got some, it's like less bird, more Baba Joe, you know, show Baba Joe walking along in the, in the foreground and her passing him rather than some weird bird pecking on some metal where, because that Baba Joe did not get enough time front and center on screen. You know, we saw him in the uh, in the O'Maze thing. We saw him in, in the back of the line uh, at at Uncar's, you know, place. But we don't see. And that's an amazing that's an amazing piece of practical effects. BB Eight, amazing piece of practical effects. Um, but but that bird and then those little um, th- those creatures from the planet Kuzbane, as I'm calling them, uh, sitting around the table in Maz's castle are just they're too much. They're 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 too far uh, back you know, to the original trilogy. Not, not bad, but I'm just saying it's just weird. It's kind of, uh, Daniel Lindy says, it's kind of like the episode one puppet of Yoda. Yeah. The second and third thing, Michael Prince says that disturbed me about your review had to do with Kylo Ren. First of all, we are for the first time dealing with a seemingly teenage wannabe Sith Lord. Every tantrum he threw was a spark of the early stages of transition for the grandfather. He was aspiring to come. I imagine him being the teen angsty Jedi drawn to the dark side because the story is of its powers and that of Darth Vader. I see those tantrums as a child inside of him that isn't getting his way. Well, I think that's—I think you're spot on, Michael. This is terrifying to me. Having said that, I think this movie is all about setup because because of it, the days of the spoiled brat Dark Lord are over and after killing his own father and falling at the hands of a new light-sided Force user. I imagine a darker, more brooding and evil Kylo Ren in the films to come, and I'm very much looking forward to it, even more so because I saw the transition that I felt took place in The Force Awakens. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with Kylo's tantrums i liked him i never i don't remember guys in the chat uh at mixer.com slash goleverse did i have a problem um i don't think i i think that was erish's thing of the second one he was talking about the second one was unneeded which i didn't think i mean i didn't think so i think it just reinforced just how much of a loose cannon this guy is because of that he does come across as the spoiled brat and he should i think we're not supposed to like kylo ren you know, there's in, in in the way that you would some other villains and that sort of thing. What's in, and I've said I'd love the spin of him as as the villain. I really do. Uh, secondly, about Kylo Ren hitting himself during the final battle, this was more of a question than it was a criticism, guys. I was just asking the question: Why did he hit himself? When I saw this, I immediately remembered stories from Darth Plagueis and the Darth Bane trilogy in which they used their pain to give them more power. I was explaining this to friends after the movie. that He was causing himself more pain because he didn't feel powerful enough. He was trying to turn his pain into rage and hate so he could muster up more dark side power to destroy Finn and Rey. I thought it was awesome and sort of the final stage of him struggling to find the darkness within. Again, I don't think he'll need to be so dramatic and emo in the future. He's going to be a legit dark lord now. He's going to be amazing to watch. Thanks for always helping me. Let my geek flag fly. Love everything you do. That's Michael Prince. Um, I think that's a good point. I I think it does have something to do with that. I also wonder if maybe it's just something as simple as trying to beat some feeling back into a side, you know, where maybe it's numbed up. Um, I don't know. I'm Kylo Ren is going to be interesting to see, you know, I hope that he progresses from the, the tantrums and that sort of thing. But at the same time, if he doesn't, I'll be okay with it. Um, we're dealing obviously with a lesser dark Lord as far as the control and the power goes than Darth Vader. But, I don't know that we're dealing with a less threatening Dark Lord than Darth Vader. I think that Kylo, in an effort to show that he is as powerful, is willing to go to whatever lengths it takes to prove his power. And that should scare everyone. So, good points, Michael. By the way, we're still taking calls. 912-386-4294. We've got a few more minutes where we'll be on taking your calls uh if you want to call in 912-386-4294 or hit us up on the Skype and um and we'll uh we'll we'll talk it out about the Force Awakens or whatever you got on your mind. Uh ha- get your affairs in order as Captain Higgins said. I It's a lot more threatening than I mean for it to sound, but you know, it is what it is. From the 704 area code. Hello, hello. What's up, Steve? How's it going, man?
2: Oh, it's snow day of paradise.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Now, is this uh, is this Jamie? Yes, it is. All right, Coach Hill. Good to talk to you, sir. talk,
2: good to... talk to you. It's been a while.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have you gotten to see the old Force Awakens yet?
2: Yes, sir, I have. What? Well, i was about two weeks late to the party, but I finally got to see it. Well, that's fine. At least you and, got to uh, see
0: it. You're helping it keep that box office up. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I'm
2: not as deep into the... I guess, the backstories of a lot of things, the books, right, uh, right, the Clone War cartoons and stuff like that. So, for the for the most, I enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it was, you know, two plus hours of escaping reality. Right. And my reality has been hard, not, not horrible, so it's been crazy busy. Yeah. Uh, so, that, and I just enjoyed, well, that's why I spent my 42nd birthday It's <laughs> the movies watching.
0: Oh, it. happy birthday two weeks ago. Oh, appreciate it. Nice. Well, well, well. Forty two, huh? Yeah. Did, did you see? Up. Did you see the? <laughs> don't tell me that. I'm, I'm catching up to you. Did you? Did you see the original in the theater then? No. No. You would have been what? Not, not, not,
2: well, not that I remember. I don't okay. think I did. All right. Okay. Uh, but you, I mean, I have them all now on Blu-ray. Of so course.
0: Yeah. Of course. Jamie, you're more of like the superhero slash TV show geek, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've really
2: got into and really dig into Flash and Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago how we kind of, uh, oh gosh, binge-watched Lost on uh, Netflix mm-hmm. and how I actually I think I enjoy Arrow and binge-watching it more than I did Lost. And I, I know there's people out here in the Lost community who think it's probably sacrilegious to say that. But it's because Lost was so complicated.
3: Yeah, Lost,
0: and, I, I think with Arrow, they sit down at the beginning of every season. They know where they want to go by the end of the season. Um, yeah. Lost had presented so many mysteries and so many questions, and they kept building on those season after season after season that to answer them all, it, it had to get a little tricky and a little almost convoluted, you know? and. And so um yeah Lost is is a little bit more difficult to watch Arrow's a lot more straightforward too you know than Lost and I think I think Arrow works better for me when I'm binge watching a few episodes at a time rather than week after week just because to me that makes that show better you know I'm I'm still not I'm still not as keen on Arrow as I am the Flash I think right. that, I think the Flash is one of the best things going on television right now.
2: Oh yeah, most certainly. I uh, I kind of started watching Flash. I missed the opening night, and I kind of called it online, and I finally set it up. And then my wife started watching it. and We had to get back. I rewatched it with her to get caught up. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like now we just keep week for week and week to get here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm even digging Supergirl. I mean, oh, Supergirl uh, fun is, Yeah, Supergirl's fun
0: outstanding. Day. Yeah, it's a great show. I hope that it. I hope that it's doing well in the ratings. I know that it dropped off here and there, but I hope that it's doing well enough to keep going and and you know get us a second season and and just see. I, I think we're going to be surprised at what they end up doing with this universe. The the creators of both of these shows have been very subversive in the way that they've worked things in. Even with Arrow, like getting uh, Raz Al Ghul and everything, like they brought in. Um, uh, you know, when they said that Sarah had been trained by the League of Assassins, um, you know, they did that with the intention of bringing Roz into play down the road. Right. Um, and they, even
2: with that, that backstory, I'm not, I mean, I, I I wish I was more into it. Not that I'm not into it, mm-hmm. it's just you know, sadly finding the time to try to right. get into it. Well, I mean, Jamie, uh, basically you're... As far as the
0: backstories and stuff, well, right? Yeah, Jason, Jamie, basically what you're telling me is if you've got responsibilities and duties that keep you from being able just to sit around and read comics all day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Not, and, and not that there's anything with sitting around reading comics all day, but basically you got your priorities in order is what you're telling me.
2: Well, I got, I got, you know, between, you know, my family and my wife's family, her mom's been in and out of the hospital. She had mercy twice. So mm. that was a kind of scary situation. Yeah. She nearly, you know, been going on. Her sister's not in good health. So I mean, it's just been... 2015 was pretty rough for yeah. my family, and it was just, you know, a show. But then that's where shows like Arrow, Flash, and even the movies, you know, the early Boys Ant Man. I listened to you know, your show one day this week with uh, Aaron and his nephew talking about, you know, top five movies. And uh, there was one that I actually mentioned to Aaron on uh, Twitter, and he said he ain't watched yet. But did you get a chance to see Love and Mercy?
0: No. Mm mm.
2: You need to watch it.
0: What now? What's it called?
2: Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. It's the uh,
0: you yeah,
2: know story of Brian Wilson's uh, you know struggles of the actually oh, wow. the movie is told in two. It's told in sixties and the eighties, but they flip back and forth between the two.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you got Paul Dano playing him in the sixties, and you got John Cusack playing him in the eighties. Oh wow! With Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, it really shows you the struggles that uh, he went through, you know, and where he's at now. You know, getting good medical care, and actually, I got to see him in concert uh, back in November at Durham. Mm-hmm. And for seventy-three years old, he still gets out there and puts his heart and soul in every show.
0: Awesome, awesome.
2: So yeah, it's a good movie. I think you, I think you would enjoy it It's a, it's a biopic picture, but I mean, it's right. You have got Elizabeth Banks in it. Uh, I don't think it's Paul Giamatti playing Oh, wow. It, uh, uh, the doc, Dr. Eugene Landy in it. Uh, so, I mean, it's such some good... You know, Elizabeth uh, Mace plays his current wife. So, I mean, it's got a good, cast, of, good cast with the movie.
0: Well, I have to check it out, man. I like biopics like that. I, I dig on those things. The one about James Brown is really good. Get on up is
2: I, I, gosh, it was is it on netflix yet i don't think it's or on netflix
0: G- i don't think it's on netflix but i think i wanted to see it and just ain't had a chance to yeah. get
2: around to seeing it's it.
0: good black panther plays james brown uh black panther. yeah i heard you mention of that yeah. that
2: kind of makes me want to see it even more because get ready for the civil war that's right when it comes that's out right. and uh, there's just so many movies i want to see it's just finding the time to
0: i hear you man I hear you. I think I only I, mean, I think I only went to the movie theater five or six times uh this past year and most of those were to see The Force Awakens. So
2: <laughs> I, I tell my thirteen year old all the time it sucks being an adult. That's right. Enjoy <laughs> being a
0: teenager while you can. That's right, that's right. It's got its perks, but man, to get to those perks you gotta get through a lot of responsibility. So Oh
2: gosh, you do.
0: Well Jamie, it's good no, to talk bad. it's good to talk to you, man. Here's hoping your 2016 is better than your two thousand fifteen, sir.
2: Oh, I appreciate it, Steve. Take care, man. All right, man.
0: Have a good one. You too. I'm back. Coach Hill, Coach Jamie Hill from up in uh, North Kekalaki calling in. And uh fan of The Force Awakens, which is always good here. Again, I come back to it. I'm glad that people are lit- digging this, and I'm glad that people immediately had more passion for it than what I apparently had just because I had to get through all of my little nitpicks and everything. I come back to this fact that my nitpicks were not just nitpicks for nitpick's sake, that it came down to a visual language that was not present in this movie that feels like Star Wars. And and so I've, it, my, I've just had to get used to it. And the more I've gotten used to it, the more I've been able to immerse myself in the movie. I love these characters. I can't say it enough. I love, 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 love these characters. and um And I'm glad people are are all for it 912-386-4294 that is the number to call if you want to call in or just hit us up on Skype we're still going we'll go for a few more minutes here it's late on the East Coast five minutes past the top of the hour we're into tomorrow currently 53 degrees at the station and uh, glad to have you guys along with us on the Big Honkin Show Gulliver matchup. now for those of you who are listening via the old podcast you're like what do you mean call in we do it live at Mixer.com slash watch the Twitter for all those things <laughs> 615 area code. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Who's this?
2: Uh, this is Jeff Self.
0: Jeff, what's happening, man?
2: Not much. I sit around and I listen to you talk about The Force Awakens.
0: All right. Well, now, what do you think of The Force Awakens?
2: Um, well, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think at first, I was sort of like you. I had some problems with things, but uh, I with none of the new stuff, really. I enjoyed all the new characters. Right. Um, you know Ray and Finn and, and and Poe and everybody. I didn't have a problem with them at all. I was just some of the, the I think the visual stuff like you were talking about. Right. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like the old Star Wars. Um, and then I, the only thing that really uh, I really have really been trying to figure out is why does the uh, bad guys never learn to not to just quit building giant space stations well, <laughs> like yeah <things>? Because well, <laughs> you you think know, after the second Death Star, they were figuring it out. <laughs>
0: well, you know, Abrams. Abrams had a great answer to that question uh, early on with, with all the press stuff, and it was that the first order saw what the Empire did and said, well, we're going to do it better and we're going to make sure we do it much better. And so they took all this time to convert this planet basically into a weapon. Right. And you know and that's a great thought until, as it was pointed out in the chat the other night during a show, that the Death Star could blow up starkiller base like that's yeah, how about that, a, yeah, you know, I mean, and here's the death star just moving through space like a like a ship, this giant space station. all it has to do is just come in behind the big super weapon and blow up star killer base, you know it warms up a lot quicker and it blows up planets, so i um but uh but of course, the resistance isn't going to be building its own death star, uh so there sure. was there was apparently an abandoned storyline where the Republic was building a super weapon and the resistance was kind of against that, and so they were all kind of caught in the middle of everything that was going on. Um, and and so for all the politics that people hated about the prequels, uh, if you okay. read the novelization and you dig into some of the backstory, you find out there's just as much politics going on here because the Republic is very well aware of the First Order, and they kind of have a a bit of a treaty with them. The resistance. Right. The resistance is made up of people who know that the first order are concerned with taking over the galaxy again, and that's what they're resisting. And so the first order sees the republic, who lets the lets the resistance exist, as traitors and mm-hmm. under you know like everything that Huck says in his speech before they fire off the the super weapon to blow up the republic. You know that that's kind of the, the 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 lie he's been sold is just how evil the republic is because they're not being fair to the first order. So, it I mean it gets just as political in some instances as the prequels. It's just not front and center in this movie.
2: Correct. Sure. And uh, I got, I was just saying with you. I, I've heard a lot of people just excuse me. Uh, that the new movie that are on the prequels kind the ridiculous. Yeah. Um, as well, um, and maybe because I sure had my kids grow up watching the prequels i have a different perspective on it but um, i really enjoyed the prequels as well you know
0: um, i've heard and, a lot of people and i'm not in this boat i don't have kids because you know as, as as everyone knows i'm single ladies and um and but what i've heard from a lot of folks is that they didn't really care for the prequels until they watched them with their kids and it was their kids watching the prequels that really turned them around on those movies because they were finally able to see it through a child's eyes, which is, I think, how a lot of Star Wars is meant to be seen.
2: True. Very true, I think. Way, I, I think especially with George Lucas, he definitely one uh target for the kids than he
0: didn't necessarily the adults. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, and Lucas even said, you know, that Star Wars, to him, is a good fit with Disney because, it, in his mind, it was always kind of a Disney movie. And, uh, and, and so, uh, that's one of the reasons I was kind of bummed that this ended up with a PG 13 rating that the force awakens ended up with that PG 13 rating because I would have really liked to have seen it really super geared toward, toward the, you know, not that it's not safe for kids, you know, I, I just feel like we're in a society that's a little more sensitive about some of the things and than we were when I was growing up, but, um, it makes, right. it makes me wonder if Empire would have gotten a PG-13 rating nowadays, you know, if the Empire... It probably go. would have. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Luke gets his hand cut off for crying out loud. So, I guess sure. so. Yeah. So, well, Jeff, man, thanks for calling in. I'm glad you enjoyed the movie, and I'm glad I'm not alone in some of my thoughts and, and feelings about this thing.
2: Uh, definitely, and I appreciate you taking time to talk to me, Steve. Thank
0: yeah. you so much. Yes, sir, man. You have a good night, my friend. All right. Talk you to too. you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Jeff Self calling in, ladies and gentlemen. You can call in 912-386-4294 Is that number to call? Or if you got us on Skype, just hit us up on the old Skype, where we will uh, we'll chit chat with you about the Force Awakens. We'll stick around for another ten minutes or so before we get out of here. Um, as we as we are kind of winding down, I want to remind everyone: follow us on Twitter. As I said, it's at Geek Out Loud. Uh, at Goliverse for all the Goaliverse shows. I'm at Steve Glosson on Twitter and Instagram. Sometimes I Instagram stuff. And, uh, we'd love to have you follow us over there so you know when we're doing these live shows and everything. Calling from the 716. Hello, hello. Hi, Steve. It's Jess. What's happening, Jess? Nothing much. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Survived fourth quarter,
7: so I'm good.
0: Nice. Isn't it past your bedtime? Don't you have to be at work like in an hour?
7: No, not tomorrow. I'll Have the day off, so right. decided to stay
0: up and listen. Rock and roll, rock and roll, <laughs> everyone. Jess, if you go to our uh, t-shirt shop at uh, geekoutonline dot com slash shirts, several of the shirts were designed by by Jess here. So, and we thank you for your your work, Jess. You're awesome. I still owe you money no. for that. So, <laughs>
7: <laughs> no problem. I have more coming. Great. Now that I have time to do it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I know you've seen The Force Awakens.
7: Mm-hmm. Seen it three times.
0: Nice. What do you think?
7: I really liked it. Yeah. I didn't... I was worried going into it. I wasn't sure if it was... Because I, lo- I like the prequels. not my yeah. favorite, but I enjoy them. But I was afraid stuff was going to carry over that I didn't think worked the best in the prequels. Right, right. And so I went in. I actually... Saw it opening night by myself, and then the next day I took my friend, who had I had got her to watch all six movies the week before.
0: Oh, nice! Well done. So
7: I introduced them to her, and then she went and saw it with me. And oh. then I saw it with my family over New Year's.
0: Nice. <laughs> well, now, what you come away with a favorite character from The Force Awakens? Poe. Poe oh. is definitely
4: my oh, favorite.
0: Yeah? He
7: was. The, he was the one I was going into it. I don't think I was going to like him because when Oscar Isaac with his interviews saying I was the best pilot in the universe, I was like, oh, he's going to be a cocky character. Who's <laughs> just going to be annoying to, and not like, but he was, he was funny and he was, he was cocky, but it wasn't like, like a mean spirited. Right. It was just the fact that he was the best. It wasn't that he, thought he was
0: the best right exactly but he was
7: still like he was he was like the nice nice jock almost in high school
0: yeah there's there's, there he didn't look
7: down on everyone
0: there's a moment um when they're all reuniting on at the resistance base and bb-8 sees him and and bb-8's basically rushing to poe and Mm poe and poe sees bb-8 and he goes he runs he kind of gets down to BB-8 really quick like you would if a dog's running up to you, you know, like your pet mm-hmm. dog is running. And, and he just shows so much affection for that droid in that moment. You can't help but think, well, this is the nicest guy in the world. You know, he's, yeah. he's such a sweet guy. And then the way that he and Finn have their little bromance, come on.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: You can't. Yeah, be. definitely. You can't be. There's nothing like that in the original trilogy. You know, the the best pilot in the galaxy In the original trilogy is Han Solo, and he's just like, he's not going to show much kindness toward anybody except Chewie. Mm -hmm. And even then, sometimes he's kind (laughs) of, he's kind of a jerk to Chewie, so. um, Yeah. But yeah, I love Poe, and in his first, you know, his opening little volley with Kylo Ren. How can you not love him (laughs) when he's like, who talks first? I talk first? You talk first? I don't know how this works. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That is fantastic, so. It's what definitely. you now? What you think of Ray? Now you're you're in your early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone knows. Yep. Um, what did you, as a young female, think of the character of Ray?
7: I absolutely love her. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of criticism online that she's um Mary Sue, right? That she's just good at everything that she does automatically. But I think it shows like that it has shown how she has gotten good at this stuff. Like I haven't read the novelization yet, but I guess it shows how she's a good pilot, like how she learned that and everything and her skills with the melee, like fighting instead Mm -hmm. of just picking up lightsaber and being good at it. I enjoy that. And she's not, she's not overly emotional, but she still shows emotion. So it's not like, well, she has to be the strong character and not show fear or, sadness or anything but they give her a lot of dimensions in the book and I or in the movie and I really really enjoyed her as a character and I can't wait to see her interact with Luke and figuring out more of her backstory because she's the only one we don't know where she came from because you get the basis with Finn that you know he was taken from his family so you know that about him but with Ray, you don't know really anything at all about her backstory, except right. for the speculation that's going around.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, she was—I abandons the wrong word, but I mean, she was kind of abandoned. Mm-hmm. We know that at least from that vision, yeah. right? I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, mm-hmm. it's so weird, and maybe that was just the thing about her being there with Uncar. I—I've I've been until this moment right now, Jess. I've been saying that whoever left her there, left her there with Uncar, but that could just be her interpretation of the of the circumstance and that's what she is mm-hmm. you know, remembering that she wasn't left there with Uncar, but she's been under kind of his not employ but having to rely on him for food and sustenance for so long that she kinda sees herself as being left there with mm-hmm. Uncar. Um but I, I don't think mm-hmm. she's a Mary Sue at all. I think they go to great mm-hmm. lengths to show um how strong she is before we ever get to that lightsaber battle and everything. And, and we take that journey of the force awakening in her, you know, Mm -hmm. along with her. So, um, yeah, I I dig her. What about the big moment? What about the death of Han?
7: That was one of the things I was sitting in the theater, theater, the first time I saw it. And there was a lady, she was probably in her forties sitting next to me. And we had the exact same reaction, like both hands to our mouth. Like, (laughs) gasping, because I had, it was of things I knew someone was going to die, wasn't exactly sure what character they were going to kill off, and when he died, I'm, one of my favorite characters, I'm okay with him dying,
3: because
7: mm-hmm. it will move the story along, give us more development with Kylo Ren. I was interested when I went to see it with my parents, because my mom, saw it in the theaters originally in 77 so she's grown up with Star Wars right and I was interested in her reaction she w- she wasn't happy but she's like I didn't cry at that point but I cried when Leia and Ray hugged and yeah. that that was interesting that my mom was more <clears throat> choked up about that moment but the Han guess I was for a split second I was like okay he's gonna he's gonna take that lightsaber and throw it to the side and they're gonna figure out how to Help
0: redeem Kylo, and then it just didn't happen. <laughs> just all went to pot right there. Let me ask you yeah. about. Let me ask you your take on Ray and Leia hugging. These are two characters who we never see interact really uh, until that moment. Um, why? And a, and a lot of people have made a big deal about Chewie not going to Leia but sticking with Finn and that sort of thing when they get off the Falcon. Why do you think that they obviously there's sadness? I I don't want to ask Mm -hmm. a stupid question. Why do you think they embrace? But why do you think Ray is so willing to go to Leia for comfort slash to comfort her? Does that make does does the question I'm asking make sense? Yeah, that I'm not
7: completely sure. It could be like now that Ray is tapped more into the Force. There's kind of like a connection between the two that they just automatically sense when she's coming off the Falcon and just that. Like, uh, not something I've really thought about that much, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just like a connection they know they have because they both cared about Han. Yep. Yep. On different levels, but I think Leia sensed that Han meant a lot to Rey,
3: mm-hmm.
7: and she kind of knows what Ray is going through with being, suddenly being thrown into this world with the Force and knowing she has it, mm-hmm. even though like, we don't know how, to the extent Leia uses her abilities, other than like we see her sensing that Han's dead, but we don't know how much she is tapped into, if she trains at all with Luke to develop some kind of abilities, kind of like how
0: she did in the old EU. Right, right. Yeah, it's... Well, obviously, you know, I mean, she feels Han die. uh, In the book, when the Hosnian system is blown up by the First Order, you know, and they make a big deal of Leia sensing that in the Force the same way Obi-Wan did, you know, when Alderaan blew up. Um, I just... It's not something I really noticed until about my fourth viewing, and it kind of hit me. It's like, why are they going... You know, what is... They they we've seen no on screen connection between those two. Um well and there couldn't be because uh Ray didn't make it to that's the first that's her first time at the resistance base. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because she'd been kidnapped by Kylo. So we don't you know, so there's no chance for them to interact. So it was just kind of like I say, it wasn't until my fourth view and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. I mean it works and it moves me. I'm moved in that moment as well. You know, that's when I think it was like my the third the third time I watched it. That's when I started to kind of get choked up. Is when they, you know, I'm in the same place where they kind of embrace. But it was the fourth time I was starting to get choked up again. I'm like, wait a minute, why? And so mm-hmm. it's just those little those little things that kind of. And it, it's not a criticism; it's just a question. I, I was just wondering if maybe you thought of something like that. because cause Jess, you're smart, you're a smart person. <laughs> you know, you know your stuff. So I'm not so sure about your taste in music, but hey. Oh, don't
7: let Kristen hear you say that. I
0: know, I know. You and Kristen love your emo (laughs) mess. I'm just saying. So, well, Jess, thank you for what you've done for the Golaverse, and thank you for uh, calling in tonight. It's good to talk to you.
7: Nice to talk to you.
0: Enjoy your day off. Get some rest. Yes, I'm
7: definitely going to sleep in.
0: (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
7: Talk to
0: you later. Bye-bye. That's Jess, our good friend Jess, old Jade Tiger, calling in. Um nice to have it. She's probably one of the younger people we've spoken to about this because, uh, Lord knows, uh, Wendy's, Wendy's called in, but we've not heard from the amen corner, uh, the peanut gallery at Wendy's house. So, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Andy's only 22. Wendy, you just you're such an old soul. We'll keep it at that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, good to hear from the, the younger, the old younger generation there. um, Guys, I think, I think that that is going to have to do it. We, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to tap out, gang. It's, it's after twelve o'clock, and uh, I'm an old man, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go on a Star Wars adventure tomorrow. So, we built this city. wrong song. Daggum it! Almost made it out. We've been through it all tonight, guys. That does wrap us up here at Geek Out Loud of the Big Hawkins Show. I want to thank everyone who called in. Good to talk to everyone. Always great to hear from the listeners. You are the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. As we said earlier, the Twitter is Geek Out Loud, at Geek Out Loud. I'm at Steve Glosson. Uh, you can follow the entire Goliverse at Goliverse. Don't forget January 23rd, the big marathon for Cure. CureChildhoodCancer.org check them out, find out what they're all about and, uh, come help us meet our goal of $3,000 raised on Saturday, January 23rd, as we marathon through all the different goal of shows, there's going to be something for everybody that day. Come hang out with us. It promises to be fun. It promises to be funny and it promises to be a great time, uh, spent together that day. Um, that's how I'm, that's how I've chosen to start celebrating my birthday. Everybody is by doing the, the marathon for cure. So it's going to be a good time. um, Email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com. We've still got more emails to go through considering The Force Awakens, concerning uh, Creed, concerning all kinds of stuff. So you can email us. Get in on the conversation. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Want to thank Wade, who uh, sent those popcorn tins. I want to make sure I, I haven't mentioned him. I don't think. I don't remember if I mentioned him yet or not. Sent the popcorn tins that they're giving out at all the theaters. or We're doing it at some theaters. And uh, he made sure I got a set, and I want to thank him so much for that. Again, thanks to Justin Seely. Check out his work at Uh Eris Schirneweiss, my brother from another mother, passed the corn himself. Check him out at, on the Twitter, at Darth underscore Duff. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekoutloud. I need some gold cards. Uh, I've got to finish up my gold collection before they retire series one and two on the Star Wars Card Trader app. If you're on that app, And you got some dupe gold you want to trade. Hit me up at SteveG125. SteveG125. And let's do some trading on the old Star Wars card trader app if you do that. I don't have any of my notes in front of me to promote anything other than what I've promoted. So I'm doing all this on the fly. Check out the Big Honkin' Show. You want to know what the Big Honkin' Show is all about? BigHonkinShow.com. Check that out. It's a good time. Follow at Show on the Twitter. Patreon.com slash Out loud is where you can go to support the show directly. Use those Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. If you go to geekoutpodcast.com, you can click on a tab at the top that says the Gulliver's Tea Public Store. There are shirts themed with all the stuff we talk about, and anytime you buy one of those shirts, it kicks back a little bit to us. And if you want a shirt to represent the Golliburst, check out GeekOutonline.com slash shirts. We've got a Disney Vault Talk Baby Mushroom shirt. We got a Rock Out Loud shirt. We got the Geek Out Loud shirt we got uh, Mark Out Loud. So they're all there. Check them out with more to come as the month rolls on. It's geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Go get your free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook of your choice. Over 180,000 titles to choose from at this point. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud.